Well, brothers and sisters, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope y'all are ready to have a good time because Pastor Ben is ready to take off right now. Uh, I'm going to need something to hold me down and I can't see anything up here to do that. But listen to me. I know it's pretty crazy looking out there right now. I know it's pretty insane. And I kind of pressured myself to try to come up with something to be said that would create an aha moment for you. A moment of clarity and a moment of incredible understanding. But then as I prayed, I realized God has already said it in his word. God said, I created man in my image. Let us create man in my image. And when he said that, he was talking about everybody. Jesus supported it. Jesus spoke up about it. Paul wrote about it in Acts chapter 17. It says, from one man, God created the whole earth. So I don't know if I can come up with something better than God or better than Jesus or better than Paul. As a matter of fact, I know I can't even Martin Luther King, who spoke so eloquently and powerfully about this particular subject. I couldn't even begin to carry that brother's shoes. So you won't get an aha moment from me. What you'll get from me is what I always have been sharing with you from the bottom of my heart. And that is the B-I-B-L-E. I will continue to return your mind to what the word of God says. And I will continue to call out and yell out and scream out how important it is for us to die to ourselves, pick up our cross, and let the Christ who's in us live through us. I pray God you received that this morning. I hope you have. And, and that's my aha moment. I hope that works for you. But this particular series we're on right now is Right on time. It's right on time. It's called Stay Battle Ready. It's a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor. I said it last week. I'll say it again. This is a spiritual war. In the spiritual battle, in the spiritual arena, we do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against evil. I need you to hold on to that. And this whole this whole series is about making sure that we can focus our head in on what God wants us to do, how he wants us to stand. So hopefully you are ready. You got your notebook, pencils, you've called some people. All of that stuff is taking place. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. This is our base verse from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. This week we're going to read verse 14. We also read it last week because we talked about the... The, the belt of truth this week, we're going to talk about something a little different. So read along with me. It says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate of righteousness in place. That's what we want to talk about this week. Again, we're putting on the armor of God right now. The breastplate... Of righteousness. So if you've ever seen pictures of the Roman soldiers as they adorn whatever they had to put on to prepare for battle or even for parades, 
they would have this breastplate, this huge thing that they would wear that was connected to their belt of truth. That's what held it in the place. Now, this, this breastplate protects your chest. It protects your heart. It protects all of your organs. That's what the breastplate does. So Paul uses this in figurative speech to give us understanding on what would this breastplate represent spiritually to us. See, because you're not going to run out here and go buy a breastplate. At least you shouldn't. You know what I mean? It makes no sense. But I need you to understand even the physical one won't be able to do what the spiritual one will do for you. So let's check this out. Breastplate of righteousness. So the breastplate represents righteousness. So righteousness is the main point in this particular subject. So listen, righteousness is living in the state of knowing that you have been made right with God. Wait a minute. Learning or understanding that you live in this state. This is your residence. You have been moved here. God moved you from darkness into light when you accepted Jesus Christ. He moved us from the world into the kingdom of God when we accepted Jesus Christ. So this new state that we live in, not Florida, Pennsylvania, New Mexico, no. This is the state of righteousness. Now listen to what it says. Righteousness is living in the state of knowing that you have been made right with God. Not because of what you have done. <laughs> But because of what Christ has done for you, brothers and sisters, if we get this, I'm telling you, your breastplate will work perfectly. It will work perfectly. Why? We need to know and understand that our right standing is not based on what we do, but it is based on what Christ has already done for us. So let's just say we make the mistake of thinking that I'll make myself right with God by what I do. I don't know about you. I grew up in church where they talked about, you better get yourself right. You better get right. You better get yourself right with God. And I would always be dumbfounded and frightened because I'm trying to figure out how do I do that? Do I pray longer? Do I give more? What do I do? I mean, how do I make myself right with God? And see, there is this, know ye the truth and the truth will set you free. But if the truth sets you free, then error then error will put you in bondage. So I spent a lot of time in spiritual bondage, not really understanding because I'm trying to achieve something that has already been achieved for me. I'm trying to accomplish something that's already been accomplished. So listen to the last part one more time. It says, but because of what Christ has done for you, his blood, which never loses its power, has washed you clean. Well, Pastor Ben, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't get that. That means God, who hates sin and will always hate sin, loved you more than he hated sin. So he sent someone to pay for the sin that kept you separated from him so you would be restored or reconciled to him. He knew we couldn't do it, so he sent his one and only son. I hope you all are following me today. Who would die for us. Then the blood of Jesus Christ. Cleanses us. Without the shedding of blood. There is no forgiveness. So. His blood.
cleansed us, that we would be reconciled. Reconciled means I'm in restored in my intimate relationship with God. So now I am made right by what Christ has done, not by what I have done. Now, once I get that, what am I supposed to do with it? I'm supposed to have a paradigm shift in my thinking. I need to quit thinking that I'm separated from God. God is still mad at me. I need to understand that he loves me. I need to understand that because there are scriptures that tell me that nothing will separate me from his love. So what do I do when I read that scripture? I have to begin to believe it. I have to make this mental, emotional, and spiritual transition into standing where he wants me to stand. You know how we can best honor Christ? By honoring what he did for us. If he said his death and his resurrection paid our debt and gave us eternal life, how do we best honor him? Do we honor him by saying I have perfect attendance at church? Do we honor him by saying I tithe more than anybody else? Or do we honor him by doing our rightful worship, which is to give him our lives? That's what it says in Romans chapter 12, I think verse 1. That our true and rightful worship is to give God our lives. That's how we honor him. Is this making sense to you today? I pray God that it is. And it's important for us to get this. You have right standing. It's okay to say it. It's even okay to think it. I know it's hard because we come from places that don't, won't teach that. But it's true. Why is it true? Because you didn't do it. I didn't do it. God did it. How many things has God failed at? <laughs> I can't think of any. He created this earth that's round. And here we are standing on it, not slipping off. Water is floating on the earth, not floating away. This is the creator who created this. He has not failed in anything and he hasn't failed in this. But, you know, let's go through some scriptures that will help us better understand this. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Now, Paul dealt very deeply and powerfully with this particular subject of righteousness. So let's read this. This is from the NIV translation. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Gospel being good news, right? For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to Everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, in the good news, in the B-I-B-L-E, the righteousness, the right standing with God, the righteousness of God is what? It's revealed. A righteousness that is by faith. From first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So this righteousness that we have is ours by faith. It is provided by God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So this product is provided. We take access of it by faith. I need us to get that today. Do you believe that God produced and provided for us a way to be reconciled to him. If you believe that, then how did that happen? 
the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do you access it? By believing that it is 100% true. So by faith, by adhering to, by relying on, by trusting in this truth that is in the Bible, you now receive the righteousness because it's there. It is already provided. Your faith allows you to access it and make it into your life. Then it changes you. So let's look at this army of people who understand they have right standing, who understand they have this righteousness, this salvation. If you were afraid of defeat, if you were afraid of dying, if you were afraid of being dismantled and broken, if you were afraid of all of those things, I need you to know today God has defeated the enemy that held you in that state. He has rescued you and pulled you out of that state and placed you in this state of right standing with him. So once you know you're in the state, once you know your safety, once you know you are safe, once you know that you are no longer under that threat, brothers and sisters, we should dance. We should be happy. We should be excited because we have been set free. I remember they had stories of slaves in 1865 when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. But it took a while for it to get down south. So we have a celebration we call Juneteenth because the message finally reached, excuse me, down south late in June. After their Emancipation Proclamation was signed, excuse me, <clears throat> they had a celebration because they were free. I need you to get this today. They were free. Now, hear me. They were free from a form of slavery created by man, but we were already free because we were created by God in the first place. But they were free when they got the message and they danced, they celebrated and they began to live their lives differently. Slave master could call, hey, John, come on over here. John said, hey, excuse me, if you want me to work for you now, sir, you're going to have to pay me because I'm free. I don't belong to you anymore. We should be saying that to the world, to evilness, to condemnation, to guilt, to sin, to anger, to division, to hate. We can now say that to those entities. I don't work for you no more. I don't belong to you anymore. I've been set free. I pray God this is making sense to you. Let's go to another verse that might give us some, some insight. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. <clears throat> Excuse me. Romans chapter 3. Again, this is the New Living Translation, NLT. But listen closely. It says, but now. <laughs> Love that. God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. So here's, here's what I need you to know. Moses comes down the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments are written on stone. How many of you know you can't live the Ten Commandments perfectly? Uh, don't raise your hand because I don't want nobody else to see. <laughs> but listen to me. You can't live them perfectly. They were not written for you to actually live them. They were written to push you to understand how sinful we are. 
Because there's coming now a savior who will save us from a condition that we cannot perfect. We cannot complete. Now, don't get me wrong. The Ten Commandments are still perfect and beautiful, but they had a purpose to push us towards something else. Can you bring that verse up just one more time for me? It says we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. For everyone, everybody say everyone, has sinned. We all (laughs) fall short of God's glorious standard. It didn't say that some fell shorter than others. It says that we all fall short. Why did it say that? Because these commandments or these requirements are not capable of us living perfectly. So here's what happens to us. Rather than understand that we have been made right by what Christ did, and we have this selfish attitude about what we can accomplish, we still want people to believe that I am made right with God based on what I do. So you'll tell people, you know, I was in my prayer closet for six hours last night. And, and man, usually the whole house moved. Listen to me. I don't care if you prayed for 29 hours in a day and there's only 24 hours. It's a beautiful thing to pray. But guess what? You've already been made right. You pray because you have been made right. Not because you're trying to make yourself right. And even more importantly, trying to make somebody else think that God is good with you because of what you do compared to what they do. Is anybody hearing me today? See, competitive Christianity is a, a real monster in the body of Christ. You have people who want you to believe that they are greater than you because of what they do. I'm here to tell you, we all fall short of God's glorious standards. We all fall short. And there's only one way for this thing to happen. And that is accept Jesus Christ as your payment, as the one who paid your debt. Is this helping? Let's keep reading. It says, yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Go on, word of God. This is beautiful. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. I just need y'all to get this real quick. Christ is on the cross. The cross points back to the beginning of time, to the Garden of Eden. And it points all the way to the return of Jesus Christ coming back. His death on the cross pays the sin, paid for the sins of everybody who came before him, everybody who was present at his death on the cross, and everybody who will ever leave and live and take breath until he returns. All of that was paid for by the death of Jesus Christ. 
So God is so magnificent since these people didn't have a savior to pay for their sins. He did not apply punishment to them. He waited until he had a savior that they could choose to pay for their sins. You have a savior today to pay for your sins. What are you waiting for? There's nothing better coming. (laughs) There's nothing better that can come down the pike. God has created a magnificent, incredible system of righteousness of which Jesus has provided for us. I need you to accept this truth today because it will change you. Let me finish reading. I don't know about you. If you ain't excited yet, I'll be excited for you. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. And he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then? Heck no. That we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Does this mean you can go out and just run rampant in the world? Heck no. It means that you've been set free to serve the living God. Got another verse. Let's go to this. And we're going to have some fun and we're going to close this thing out. Romans chapter 9. Follow me. This is the New Living Translation again. What does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. And it was by faith that this took place. The, the, word, the law was not sent to the Gentiles. The law was sent to the Jews. Moses is a Jew. Moses comes down the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Moses is dealing with the Jewish nation. That's where this law went to. But in this case, the Gentiles who did not have the law by faith accepted that God was exactly who he was and began to obey him based on faith, not by the law. Does that make sense to anybody today? Listen to me. There are people who would want you to believe that God is with them because they obey all the laws. Nobody can. But they're going to make you feel funny or make you feel, you know, low. You know those people that come to church and their feet don't touch the ground. You know, they got them halos. You know what I mean? You got to be careful being around them because you might bump their halo. No, there are no perfect people. There's no one who has a relationship to God with God based on what they do. No one. Let me say it one more time. No one. Let's go on. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by doing what? Keeping the law. Never. We know how long never is, right? Never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by, come on, y'all, trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in the path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble. A rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be 
disgraced. Got one more scripture. I'm not going to be able to read it all, but I'm going to read some because I need you to get this today. So come with me right now. We're going to Philippians chapter 3. It reads as follows. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say to you, you must be circumcised to be saved. I'm mentioning this today because in this framework, it's trusting in Christ, trusting in what God did through Christ for us that gives us right standing. But there will always be people who will tell you, no, you need to do this to receive Christ. No, you need to do this to receive Christ. If you don't speak in tongues, if you don't get baptized this way, if you don't do this this way, you cannot receive Christ. That's not how this thing goes. That's not how it's supposed to be. So the Jews were trying to use the form of circumcision saying, hey, Paul and Peter, you can't tell those people they have accepted Christ. They got to be circumcised before they can. Let's read on. I hope hopefully that made it clear to you for we who worship by the spirit of God. For we who worship by the spirit of God, for we who worship by the spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I'm going to stop here because Paul goes on. You can read it at home. Go all the way through verse 11. You can read it at home. Paul says some incredible things. Why? Because Paul is making sure that you understand. If you want to play the game of competitive Christianity, you can't beat me. You can't beat me. See, because I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. On the eighth day, I was circumcised. I am from the tribe of Benjamin. I am about as pure as I can be. So you can't beat me if you want to do the competitive Christian mentality. Then Paul says, but I count all of this stuff as garbage. In King James, it says, dung. I count it all garbage for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus. So what has pastor been telling you today? Whatever kind of armor you had on before that was trying to protect you or trying to help you achieve righteousness, throw it away. Pick up this breastplate of righteousness. Put it on. So God can continue to do his work in you and through you. I pray God this has helped you today. It's given you an understanding. Would you close your eyes right now as we pray? Father, thank you. Thank you for making your word so clear. Thanking you every and each, each and every week to give us these aha moments. Giving us such clarity. Jesus, it is you that we need. And by understanding that we did not deserve it. We understand then this is grace. It is by grace. That we have been saved through faith in Christ Jesus. Father, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. 
Because I tried everything. I tried everything to make myself right with you. I tried everything to change my past. I tried everything and nothing worked. But you do. You did and you will forever. So if you're praying with me right now and you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we need you to do that at home right now. Right now. You can just say this prayer with me as we pray. But I need you to do it right now. And then you just need to call us at the church. Call us so we can guide you along the rest of this journey. Because it is an incredibly beautiful journey. We got a whole team of people who are willing to work with you. But just say, Jesus, I receive you now as my Savior. I know everything I have tried to do on my own failed. But today, I know what you did for me will never fail. So, I receive you now. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you said that prayer, give us a call. We got a team of people who would love to help you. God bless you. Looking forward for seeing you next week. We're going to continue on in this series. Have a great time in the Lord. God bless.